When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Manchester's Red podcast from Barcelona this week. Uh, I'm here with Tyrone Marshall. I'm Samuel Luckhurst. Uh, we're obviously here for the Manchester United Champions League quarterfinal second leg back at Camp Nou. Um, it, it was uh, quite an underwhelming press conference, to say, yes. to say the least. Diogo Dallo uh, only had the one question um, asked of him. Obviously, there wasn't too much talk of 99 about Solskjaer, but has the, the build-up around this game and the whole 99 narrative, I know a lot of people don't like using that word narrative, but the parallels with what happened 20 years ago, mm. has it made a big game feel... Not not less significant, but certainly it's it. May, maybe we just need kickoff time to come just to get excited about this now. Yeah, I think so. I, I thought it was notable that Solskjaer over the last couple of days, sort of after the West Ham game and today, has has been trying to sort of tone down the nostalgia and kind of get away from that whole ninety nine thing. And I mean, right in what he says, it, it's back at the camp new, and it's because Solskjaer is now the manager and he scored that famous goal. But the circumstances are completely different. Yeah. This is a knockout game against Barcelona. That was a final against Bayern Munich. Uh, unfortunately, it's people like us and other members of the press who keep reminding of it and asking of it. So we're always trying to row back from it today. There were still inevitable questions about it. But yeah, I think I think there's been a focus. That, he spoke a lot today about sort of game plans and, and how he wants the game to go and how he plans to set the team up. And it was noticeable that he tried to turn a lot of the 99 questions around into modern day scenarios and, and what he wants from tomorrow night. We can sound very curmudgeonly about this, as you say, but the, the 99 factor has been, you know, it's been driven by the media, it's been driven by United as well with their social media account and uh, the, the treble date looming as well with that, that anniversary coming up, but actually getting on to the game. Um, there weren't too many interesting things said from the press conference but I suppose if you were to when we did pick the bones mm-hmm. what he said about Sanchez need to yeah. prove a point and he it's almost the way he spoke about him it was like there was an assumption that he was actually going to play tomorrow night mm. as well at some stage anyway yeah it certainly sounded like he was going to get a chance I, I'm not sure he's going to start but there was there was sort of a mention of when we see him this is what we expect so there was you know he's certainly going to be on the bench from you take from yeah. what from what Solskjaer said there and it, it was interesting I thought he spoke about him very differently to how he's spoken to about most of the other players it was almost sort of laying down a challenge to him and you know, we've spoken on this podcast so many times about the number of times Sanchez seems to be in this last chance saloon and you know another chance to prove himself and a big chance to prove himself and it, it felt like kind of Solskjaer was saying that today and he was really sort of you know I think he was said at one point when he comes off the pitch hopefully he thinks he's had a good game or or done a good job or something along those lines yeah. and it felt like he was really sort of laying down the challenge to him and telling him that you're going to get a chance tomorrow night this is a stadium that you know you, you probably owe these fans or you know you probably want to prove a point to the Barcelona fans that you've still got it 
he's, he did say he's not had a good season. He was very honest. Yeah. He said he's not had a good season. Been injured of late and not had a good season. It, so it was almost a tactful way of criticising a player. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I mean, Mourinho obviously didn't didn't do tact. He, he yeah. would just say if a player was crap, he would he pretty much say it in, mm. in, in no uncertain terms. But with Sanchez, there is no sugar coating it. But at least he has he, he's given him something to mm. you know to, to mull over to to think about in the you don't need to say that he's had a poor season because everybody accepts that but there has to be or I mean there might not be but if there's to be a turning point it has to come in the immediate future because he has probably got what four weeks to save his United career Mm. Uh, they're open to cutting their losses of him in the summer already which is just damning in itself mm. so you're, you're coming down to single digits in games for him to to be at United next season now mm. yeah and he, he has got to, if he wants to salvage his career here he's got to start performing he's got to have a significant influence and, and I think Solskjaer in talking about him did say that it's not just the chance to get to a semi-final it's the battle for a top four there's big games coming up that Sanchez can be the difference in unfortunately he's not been the difference enough for United at any point in his, in his United career no. really but it did it, it felt we, we've seen Solskjaer talk about players and he's he's been so he's been very reluctant to, to criticise his you know his sort of MO since he's come into the job has been to build confidence and to talk to talk everyone up to talk all the players up this felt like a notable sort of move away from that and moving into a like you say a kind of a, a cleverer way of criticising a player and of kind of laying down that challenge to a player and seeing what response he gets is, is, Do you think just looking and observing him in the press conference there that there's an element of his patience wearing thin with certain players as well because he started to talk about a lack of belief in front of goal he, mm. he did there was there was one response where he, he I think he named Sanchez Marshall Lukaku Lingard Rashford the, the need for the forwards yeah. to perform which to me that seemed like a roundabout way of him acknowledging that these players have been bang out of form recently mm. maybe Rashford accepted because he scored a, a couple of goals in his last few games but Lukaku no goal since PSG away uh, Marshall no goal since I think Fulham away that was over yeah, two months yeah. ago Lingard hasn't scored since the Arsenal Cup game in late January so mm-hmm. you're looking at three months there yeah. he's only got five club goals this season Sanchez has scored a pitiful two goals this season they're coming up against a team who have got probably one of the best central defensive partnerships mm-hmm. on, on the continent as well in, uh, in, in PK and, and Longley again it's, it's a roundabout way of him going to, to motivate them but Surely that that can also be interpreted as him telling them you've got to keep on your toes here because mm. we're looking to bring in someone better than you potentially in the summer. Yeah, well, I think he, he was asked about goal scorers and he said, yeah, I mean, he may not have meant it quite as as brutally, but he said it's the hundred million dollar question and it the way it's going, it quite literally is going to be for United this summer because beyond Rashford, who is heading the direction of, of being a world class striker, is finishing still occasionally hit and miss he had an impact on Saturday but missed a really good headed chance that that he should have taken but beyond him the rest are just bang out of form and I mean Lukaku can blow we've always known he's a streaky striker he can blow hot and cold but the the rapidity with which he moves from those two extremes is incredible when he scored those two at PSG that was three braces in a row and he looked like he was really on fire then the Arsenal game misses a couple of good chances and his contributions have been again. yeah have been minimal since and you know he was playing out wide and swinging crosses in at the weekend when it should be him in there attacking them uh, 
I mean, Lingard, I felt on Saturday, Lingard and Martial should have been having a point to prove. If I was them, I would have expected to start last week against Barcelona and to have not done would have annoyed me and hurt me and made me think, right, I'm going to go out against West Ham. Perfectly beatable opposition in the Premier League and prove a point to the manager here. They were both really, really poor. I mean, at least one of them you would think is going to start tomorrow night. Do do you think you can get away with not starting either of them because looking at how the team might line up you'd think that the bat five picks itself Pogba, McTominay mm. are certainties Rashford's a certainty um, Matic or Fred could be one or the other but he showed at PSG that he 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 has this tendency and he has shown recently as well more, um, more so that he has a tendency to spring tactical surprises yes. given the lack of form in those four players could he go with a 4-4-2 and play Rashford with just one of them or do you think he has to just you know just accept you're not out of form sorry you are out of form but mm. this is a huge game you need to step up on this occasion and and he does go with a, with two of those three forwards are out of form yeah I mean he, he could go to this kind of 4-4-2 and almost a diamond and a narrow 4-4-2 we've, we've seen at times and I mean, the one thing the last few weeks has, has taught us is to expect the unexpected when it comes to, to Solskjaer's team selections and the way he sets his team up. It was another different formation on on Saturday and there's been a lot of chopping and changing recently. I still feel United, and certainly if they want to play on the counter-attack, which you'd imagine they will want to tomorrow night, Barcelona will defend with a high line, they're going to want to try and get in behind and, and transition quickly, then I think 4-3-3 is the best formation to do that and... Players like Lingard and Martial uh, should be, anyway, ideal for playing in that way. Lukaku, less so. I'm not sure he's a counter-attacking player anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, we were having the conversation before, you probably want a Martial off the bench to impact the game. Mm. So perhaps that does mean that you start Rashford and Lukaku and then it's whether you go with, with Lingard or up for kind of more solidity midfield and, and play play a 4-4-2 in a narrow 4-4-2 maybe it was quite interesting as well before the game last week PK uh, at his press conference when he talked about United's threats he talked about the pace of Lukaku and Rashford mm. and the set pieces and it's almost as if they, they had United rumble before yeah. a kick had been, ta- uh, had been taken in that game in that that's where they're going to try and harm us mm. that's where you've just got to overcompensate and it seems as though PK he was giving himself a head start on Rashford yeah. because in a foot race he's probably not as quick as him mm. but he's got the football footballing brain that more than compensates yeah. for that and so you just wonder United are going to have to be clever at mm. some some way or form I suppose the only one, one conversation is form of conversation for United fans going into this game in terms of those whole tactical surprises there will not be Eric Bailly at right back yes. he is he has not travelled uh, Luke Shaw has travelled but he is suspended uh, he's, he's just out here for maybe the sun but of course the support as well um, but there's no by no under Herrera he's still injured no Antonio Valencia he's injured mm. and just pretty much done for right. at United so it's, it is a reasonably strong squad with, with the three players coming back in um, there was a text message I had just before we did, did this from a Norwegian journalist uh, they're, they're, they're pretty pretty relentless Norwegian journalist when it comes to Solskjaer <laughs> and, and he asked a question which I'm now going to turn on to you right. and I think I know the answer but he asked uh, Cliff Batty uh, who is or Cliff Batty the financial officer mm. and Avram Glazer being here that's significant, isn't it? That was his question to me. Right. Is it significant? 
Mm, no. It's not, is it? No, I don't think so. It's a Champions League quarter-final at the new Camp. I think if you had any involvement at a club like Manchester United, you're going to want to be here and, yeah. and get a ticket and get they a pitch side for training. They were getting their selfies with Solskjaer They were well. getting their selfies, yes. There was some amusing scenes amongst the photographers trying to work out if, if Cliff Beatty was actually one of the Glazers. It's, uh, yes. It's yeah. very good. If, uh, if, you, if you Google uh, Cliff Beatty, that's, that's one T. He does look uncannily like Joel mm. Glazer, um, who it, it wasn't Joel Glazer, but if you look at pictures of them side by side, it is difficult to tell them apart. So that was that was probably the most entertaining part of the whole uh, press <laughs> I think conference. It probably open, was, yeah, yeah. Um, open training session. Uh, in terms of, I mean, the rest of this match, no, there has been an awful lot that's that's been done to death. But I suppose one area that, just going off what Solskjaer said at the weekend, he said United were too open. That would lead a lot of people to think. Matic comes mm. back into this game. That said, Fred's played decently in the last yeah, couple yeah. of games. He's got a bit of momentum. He's had a bit of momentum since the PSG second leg, despite the odd uh, mistake here or there against Arsenal and Wolves. Should Matic start ahead of Fred? Uh, no, for me. I would. If you're going to start Matic, I would consider starting both of them. Uh, talking as we were about formations before, I suppose you could theoretically play almost a 4-1-3-2 and kind of have Matic sitting and McTominay, Fred and Pogba in front of him, fairly narrow midfield. But from from what Solskjaer said at the weekend, it would be no surprise if, if Matic came back in. I mean, I thought Pogba and Fred in that 4-2-3-1 at the weekend, I thought Pogba and Fred played well. Mm. And certainly going forward, they played well. If they had a better front four and more coherent front four in front of them, there'd be more goals in it for United. Their issue is going to be Defensively, they're probably not as good positionally as Matic and reading the play in Matic, and that's something you can work on, and that that, that you can you know, you know can achieve that if you see that as a long term playing a four two three one. See that as a long term partnership, but you probably don't want to go into the new camp with it. So this, you could see why Matic would start if he wanted a bit more solidity and a bit more positional legs in midfield. I suppose another thing to take to, to factor into it, um, Paul Hurst of the Times, he was the one who uh, uh, did the ju- did the good deed of going to Barcelona's press conference today, um, and and the word from the Spanish journalist was that Barcelona's front six would be uh, Busquets, Rakitic, Coutinho, Dembele, Suarez, and Messi, which is one of the most formidable <laughs> yes to worry about in, that. <laughs> in, in in world football, um, and. Surely, I mean, obviously that's that's still predicted. That's not confirmed. I think the way Coutinho's season has gone as well, you wouldn't be surprised if Arta still kept his place okay. uh, from the team last week. That said, I don't think Coutinho started at the weekend against um, no, Heracles. He came on, didn't he? Yeah, it seemed as though uh, Test Egan might have been the only the, the only mm. starter from from the United game. But when there's a very good chance that's going to be the front six. That that balance that that's got to affect Solskjaer's thinking. Even though United obviously have to score, yes, I, I think so. I mean, let's just hope he doesn't play a back three again. I think we've seen enough back threes. To, yes, to last the season. Um, yeah, it, it would. And I mean, Solskjaer kind of spoke tactically today and said that if United keep a clean sheet, even if they've kept a clean sheet in the 90th minute, they are still in this game. But I think. I don't think any of us really think United are going to keep a clean sheet. He, he also said, uh, I had to listen back to it, he said a draw would suit us. Oh, did he? Yeah. Right, that's not... Which... It, <laughs> it clearly wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a Champions League group stage game. Uh, he, he does have the tendency to 
Yeah. Not not he's maybe still adjusting to speaking English on a I daily so, basis. Yeah. So we can cut him some slack for yeah. that one. There were a, there were a couple of contradictory terms in there and he, he spoke about that that clean sheet and we're still in the game in the 90th minute if it's a clean sheet which they are yeah. and if, if that is the case then they'll have defended heroically because not many teams shot Barcelona out yeah. here so that, that would be incredible but he also said the more goals in the game the better it is for us which is kind of again it's a dubious statement a dubious make, statement yeah I mean if the goals are split then you've got a chance but yeah. to Barcelona then well I mean in fairness to Barcelona given all the nostalgia for 99 it was only right that in the press room they had a rerun of the uh, 94 game when they did yes. batter yeah, United yeah. 4-0 and, and Gary Walsh was in goal um, so that, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up now uh, it's a very succinct podcast uh, I don't like Predictions, but Rich Fay always <laughs> likes predictions. So, in honour to him, I will ask you for your prediction for tomorrow night. Um, I mean, I think if things if things go well, I mean, I can't see United keeping a clean sheet. Yeah. So, I think even if they concede first, I think as long as they score one of the first two goals, then they will consider themselves to be in the game. Mm. Um, if it's 1-1 on the hour mark 1-1 with 10 minutes to go they'll feel like they're in the game and, and have got a chance what what you don't want we've seen how quickly Barcelona can, can move into gear and, and run through the gears so you just hope that United although they need a goal they do need to keep it tight early on I think and, and an early goal will be fantastic like they got in Paris but I don't think that should be the priority I think they should look to keep it tight early on and just stay in the game first first half an hour or so rather than so your score prediction is uh, 2-1 United <laughs> Christ wow well I, I do think United will score but I think Barcelona will will prevail so I'd, I'd go with 2-1 Barcelona uh, but predictions mean absolutely nothing uh, Tyrone thank you very much no for your time uh, thank you very much for listening as well uh, as, as United fan said to me at check-in this morning uh, all you can do is believe so it's, it's a big game there's not a lot of optimism that United will pull it off but as he said you have got to believe uh, again thank you for listening uh, if you'd like to subscribe to the Manchester is Red podcast you can do that through iTunes and various other podcast formats and we'd be very grateful if you could leave us a review as well thank you for your time and enjoy the game tomorrow night <laughs>